Hello and welcome to Two Pre-Sales in a Pod, your authentic global voice for the pre-sales and buyer enablement world. And we have some fun along the way too. So thanks for joining us and don't forget to find out our top tips on today's topic at the end. Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Pre-Sales in a Pod. And you join by myself, Adam Freeman, and no other co-host today. We're doing something very different today because we are talking about coaching. Um, and what's really interesting on this episode is I've got my executive coach. So, Parve Purol, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Parve, do you want to introduce yourself to everyone and take it from here? Yeah. Hi, Adam. Thanks so much for having me on this. I'm really excited. Um, you know, talking about coaching, it, it's a topic that I love, love chatting about with people. So uh, let's see a little bit about me. Um, I've been in the tech industry about 25 years, uh, mostly in the States, always in sales and marketing. Um, and one of the things that I think looking back on my career is, uh, which kind of links in with coaching, is I love growing people and I'm absolutely fascinated by people and working with yourself and others has just kind of reinforced that. So um, I've taken an interesting meandering path to coaching. Um, I had a, a life experience uh, about seven years ago that caused me to question, you know, oh, what are we all here for? And it's not just about the next promotion and the next career. So I decided to, to design 2.0 me. And as part of that, I figured out yeah, I'm going to retrain as a coach and take all the leadership experience that I've had over the years of growing people and figure out how I can actually um, help others grow. Mm, that'll really resonate with a lot of people, right? Of that kind of creating 2.0 version of yourself. I love that story, Parvin. You know, we've worked together for a fair few months now. And so for everyone listening who is in pre-sales thinks, oh, you know, I'm talking to a coach. Me and Parvin have spoken loads about what pre-sales is, tech sales and everything. So you know, it, it's important for me to have had a coach that really understands what I'm trying to achieve professionally as well, um, which is why this is going to be a little bit more of an intimate podcast, right? And it's um, something I was keen to do. So, Pave, I could just ask you a starter question here, but let's go back to basics. What is coaching? You know, what does it mean to people? Yeah, what is coaching? So I think coaching is really personal development for leaders, usually top talent leaders, um, and they're already really good, like yourself, Adam, right? And it's really about helping someone develop from really good to great. What are those one or two things that may be holding them back um, that they just need a little bit of extra attention on and, and kind of moving through? And, and they're usually, they're almost always EQ related as opposed to IQ. Uh, and, and that's a big part of um, coaching is working on the emotional intelligence. Mm. And I, I can speak from experience there where I think I remember our first couple of sessions where, you know, you really helped me kind of, I think you called it like unwrapping the onion, right? And looking at actually why was I making certain decisions? Why was I why was I taking certain opinions of myself? Um, and really drilling into that EQ side, which is actually until you have an opportunity to sit with someone like yourself and be coached, that's very hard for you to do because on self-reflection, you get kind of, trapped in this eq bubble of wherever you're strongest and you, it's very hard to work on your eq weaknesses isn't it i mean is that fair yeah i think it is i think you know it's great to have self-awareness but some sometimes you need to do an assessment or get third-party feedback to know what you don't know mm -hmm. and, that, and that's the tricky thing isn't it yeah 
Absolutely. So if I ask you a second question here then, Parve, because this is something I was quite keen on being, is being coachable. And we've probably all met people and all worked with people that aren't overly coachable, right? So what does it mean and what does it take to be coachable? I think, you know, fundamentally to be coachable, coachable, you've got to be open to the process, right? Because it, it is about emotions. It is about taking a good long look at your thoughts, behaviors, patterns, what's limiting you. You've got to be comfortable being open and you've got to have a willingness to change. Mm. And I think the third aspect is um, – you got to want to do the work because it's about practice, 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 right? Mm. Um, it's making the unfamiliar familiar, um, yeah. and, that, and that takes work. So, yeah, that's what I'd say. The, the openness is about vulnerability, um, the willingness to change and practice. Mm. And that's something we worked on, right? I don't mind showing that, that kind of element of vulnerability that, you know, you get into a leadership position and, and there'll be leaders on this called new leaders, experienced leaders, people who are aspiring to be leaders, okay? Um, if you're an individual contributor even at the start of your journey, actually, what I wish I'd have probably done better in hindsight is setting myself up for success a little bit better so I wasn't learning in public as much. And I think because I'd done some of my learning in public, because I was I was younger for being a pre-sales leader, I just didn't have the the level of life experience that other people necessarily had. You kind of get used to not maybe being as vulnerable as you should be. And that was something we worked on, wasn't it, Pavi, that you know you, you helped me with is how can you be vulnerable and how can you be open to change and put your ideas out there, um, but not take criticism in a bad way, is it? And and being open to change and being open to be, I think you made a great point, being 2.0 of yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it, I often kind of think about it as um, this is an opportunity for people to upgrade their operating system when it comes yeah. to eq right it's it's really figure out where you want to get to and and what might be holding you back and and it's just that eq is immature because it's not been worked on and so if you're open and vulnerable and and even talking about vulnerability right it it doesn't surprise me even today when i ask people about vulnerability before we get into the definition which i'll go into mm-hmm. when i say vulnerability at work people are like no no, that's that's weakness. That's mm. you know all the all these things that they perceive it to be. But really, vulnerability is about uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Now we deal in our business every day with uncertainty and risk, right? It's part of the market. Mm. Even what's going on right now, there's a lot more uncertainty and risk. But that emotional exposure and being okay showing emotion and showing up as your true self—that's not always comfortable for the people. So yeah practicing with a with a coach behind closed doors um gets people a little bit more comfortable and in that way i kind of like view myself as more of a guide mm. um yeah i sometimes laugh about you know yeah you can do it yourself if you if if you can get there but you can also climb mount everest yourself but some people choose to take a sherpa yeah it's kind of the same yeah so one of the things i was really interested to ask you um i can ask you this so this is going to be kind of blindside you a little bit but you know in in pre-sales particularly, right, that's the bulk of our audience and our listeners are in a pre-sales profession or have been. So we have people in product and we have people in sales. We have a vast amount of um, different types of roles that listen to our job. One of the things I've always thought about our typical listener is typically in a sales process, they're some of the most knowledgeable people in the process. So a pre-sales person 
knows their industry very well. They know their software very well. They probably know what a lot of the customers want better than some of the customers know what they want, right? So you've almost been that, um, not been in that vulnerable position very often. And you've probably been used to feeling like the most knowledgeable person in the room very often. And that can be a little bit of a, a trap, can't it, to open up things like 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 ego, like um, those kind of traits that you probably don't overly want as you move through your leadership career. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, that, that that is very fair because you get to a point where you rely on your knowledge and your IQ so much, it almost becomes like a, a crutch that you don't have to show too much emotion because it's all it's all about the content and the knowledge. But, you know, it's really funny because I think the ego does get a bit of a bad rap because guess who built the ego? It's your younger self. Mm. And you built it as a survival mechanism, mm. uh, really to protect yourself, to figure out, oh, you know, this is how life is done. Um, but you get to a point, usually people get to a point in their 30s and their 40s, um, we won't use the word midlife crisis, but you get to that <laughs> age and and you're like, I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. And so mm-hmm. being authentic and showing up as you and being comfortable showing up as you means that you have to kind of relax the ego or quiet, or I kind of view it as quieting the mind. And you'll know from when we, we worked in our coaching sessions, I always kind of refer to these three centers of intelligence. Yes. And the mind is often the one that, you know, that's what that's the one that we we bring in the business world, isn't it? We we know all the knowledge um and like to lead with that. But the other centers of intelligence um don't really get get a shot if all we're doing is leading with our ego. Um because, you know, the 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 mind can can cause us to be sort of overactive. Uh, anxious mind, you know, Buddhists talk about it as the monkey mind. And if your mind is going 10 miles, you know, 110 miles per hour, you can't let the other centers come mm. in. And those other centers, some of which we are comfortable talking about in the business world, some of them not, but 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 more often, um, leaders becoming open to this. And those other two centers are, well, you know this, Adam, it's quiz time. What, what are the other two centers? Oh, you you put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there, there was the mind, wasn't there? So there was the the, the kind of analytical brain. Um, there was the feeling it in your your stomach, your gut feeling. Yeah, that that's one. it. And yeah. the one that I probably found weirdly, I found this hardest to kind of relate to, even though I would say I'm quite an emotive heart myself. It was the heart. And I remember you saying that there's some things you just feel and like love, right? And you can't quantify it and you can't do the thing. But when I think and I look at some of the best leaders I know, and you you helped me do this really well, but looking at them and thinking, how are they making those decisions? Because the data points them maybe in a different way. And maybe it's got to be their gut or their heart. And I've sat, I've, I've found myself wondering that on a few occasions since you highlighted it, because I probably went into leadership thinking, I need to be data-driven and I need to let data drive my decisions. And I still do, and I will do that. But actually what I wasn't doing is paying the respect to those other two centers and going, but does it feel right? Is it the right thing to do? And I think maybe I've summarized it a little bit wrong there, Parve, but I think your, your kind of assessment for people on what should they be feeling and what should they use their gut feeling for? I suppose that's that's a question I'm thinking here. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. You, you, you highlighted it perfectly. It's, turning on that gut feeling that instinct and 
this is often what separates the top one percent is they do that they 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 just know they can't necessarily put mm. their finger on why they know and the data the data is brilliant right when it's available but when it's not available and people who can feel and sense their way through look i just think this feels right I told somebody the other day and and they didn't say they interviewed a candidate and they didn't say oh i think this person is good for the following reasons they said i feel like they're the right person like culturally, their vibe. I just, I'm just getting a sense that I feel it. And another one that, um, you know, when we talk about the heart, is um, a hot topic right now: trust and empathy. Mm. So when we think about trust, where do we, where do we, where do we, how do we, how do we kind of think in those three centres? Where, where does trust live? Mm, well, you, you feel trust, don't you? So it's, yeah, you know, you as my coach, I had to trust you. So. Is that an analytical, is that a brain decision? Absolutely not. So it's definitely a, probably a mix of gut and heart, I would have said. Yeah, it's a feeling, right? Which mm-hmm. which is why it make, it's an emotion. And we feel that and we feel that in the heart. Mm-hmm. And when we want to be empathetic towards someone, you know, we, we feel it in the heart. We're like, oh, I, I, I can see this person's point of view and I want to help them. And that that is a heart-based feeling. But sometimes when we rely too much on the mind, um and and the ego we'll, we'll get back to that one in a minute hmm. um the other two centers they they run too much in the back seat of the car or even worse in the boot and we, we need to have balance when we're in the perfect balance then we can really um take a good foot forward in leadership traits that um we want to progress in like trust and empathy mm, that's and that's really important right because even people who are listening to this as individual contributors, there's it's a really tough time, I think, for leaders right now. And if you if you're listening to this, actually, you know, just checking that, you know, leaders are okay. There's a, a lot of leaders I speak to who are having to make interesting decisions with, with their teams, right? And we've seen in the tech industry there's been mass layoffs at some organizations. I've been really lucky, obviously, where I we haven't done that, we're still growing. And you've got this contrast, especially when you read LinkedIn between some businesses that are ultra successful and still growing and hiring and all that great stuff that goes with it. And you've got this other side where it must be like a spiral of, um, it must feel very negative. And a lot of tech leads, particularly over the last three, four, five years, haven't experienced that because as much as COVID brought a lot of uncertainty, as much as it brought a lot of change and a lot of emotional challenges for a lot of people, it didn't bring... The downside for tech, tech actually thrived through a lot of COVID, didn't it? So I think yeah. as leaders and individual contributors, we're about to experience emotions and decisions because, I mean, I, I kind of summarized it to you, didn't I, and said, you know, there's people in three camps right now. There's people who feel secure and they're happy and they can see a pathway in a career and nothing's really changed too much for them. There's people that are maybe either have been let go or feel at risk of that, um, and there's people who are left behind after that's happened. And I think it's going to be really interesting over the next few years to, to tap into these emotions because people are going to have decisions to make. Even the people that stay somewhere are going to have to kind of almost recommit to that, aren't they, Parley? They're going to have to feel that sense of belonging again. Yeah, exactly. And 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 all of those emotions, right, that you want to feel that sense of belonging. You want to, but the motivation behind your own personal growth can, and we chatted about this before, can come from two camps. One is you can let the current environment dictate fear and anxiety. 
mm. because it's uncertainty and risk, right? And and then you can you know look at that and say, all right, well, what does that mean to me? But you're already coming at it from a slightly negative perspective. So from in that camp, you want to make yourself more resilient in terms of your emotions, so that no matter what comes at you, you can just do life easier. Right, you mm-hmm. could just handle all of it with a bit more ease and a bit more grace, and figure out, oh, okay, well, I can't control what's happening, but I can control how I'm going to react to it, and and I think that's a lot of this. But the other camp, when you know, we're not kind of like letting ourselves uh, be dictated to by fear and anxiety, is your true motivation to grow, right? And I think for that, and a lot of exec coaching is about people just want to be better leaders. They want to figure out how can I be more creative and innovative? How can I be more trusting and empathetic to my team and other people? How can I be more confident, right? And decisive uh, and maybe use my gut feel a bit more. Also being great communicators. And then on top of all of that, right? We can master all of those. How can I be present, not worrying about the future and really enjoy the ride? And, 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 I, and that, that's where I think a lot of the coaching conversations and when people come to me, it's usually one of those things on that list that they're like, I want to work on this mm. a bit better. Now, you're very fortunate because you you could work on, you didn't need to work on a lot of the things on that list. You had different things that you needed to work on. But um, but going back to what I was saying with, with what you were saying about the environment right now, mm. that fear and uncertainty, it, it's really important to build resiliency so you, that you don't let your ego run the show, right? Because the ego will allow you to fester in that fear and anxiety. And then before you know it, you squirrel down a thought process of, well, what's going to happen? I don't know. Well, I better start doing stuff. And, you know, and then you go into this negative spiral. Mm. And so I do think it's important that, you know, some people talk about it as mind hacking. You're yeah. interrupting that broken record that the, your younger self has told you. And you're saying, right, I'm, I'm not going to go down that door and that same broken record. I'm going to consciously build up a different thought pattern that serves me better as the person I am today. And some of this older stuff, I just need to shed it. I just need to let it go and, and move past it. And that's growth. It's going to be uncomfortable because we don't really have growth moments without being uncomfortable. Um, And that's why you usually work with a coach so that, you know, you can be in a confidential environment um, with an external experienced person. You could be kind of guided through this in a safe Mm. environment. Yeah. And that that was really interesting. I don't mind sharing. There were certain things I probably knew that I needed to address, hadn't addressed because partly I didn't know how to. I was busy all week. I was busy doing the doing and I was busy doing what I thought was right in development. And I've always valued self-development. That's something I've always valued. Um, It's sharpening the saw. I know that's a cliche, but I really have. Um, But this was one of those times where some of the things you just bury because you think it's a big job. It's a big job dealing with that. I'm not really equipped or know how to deal with that. So I'm just going to bury it, move on. And it comes back to haunt you. And that was probably what one of the things that you definitely helped me through was actually no let's go where it feels uncomfortable and let's deal with it because now since i've done that i'm i hope my team would agree i I feel a more competent (laughs) leader and i feel a more mature leader and i think that's given me a newfound sense of confidence actually in the decisions making not not arrogance not ego but confidence and the confidence sometimes to say hmm 
I don't know if what we're doing is right, but it feels right and use those other centers and those heart and mm. go, actually, it opens up a whole new set of opportunities for you as a leader and as an individual contributor with things that I've learned that I wish I'd have known five, 10 years ago. Um, you know, and, and I definitely think these centers have been very purposeful and very aware of where we're making a decision that now I'm aware of that, that has changed a lot of how I make my decisions because I used to think, well, I can't feel that. Feeling's not a business outcome, right? Um, yeah. And I think yeah. almost going through that and unpacking <laughs> it with you, does that make does that make sense? That does make sense. Um, and it's funny, isn't it? Because they don't teach you this stuff at school, no. right? There's no class <laughs> for this. But there's, there's also no business class usually for this as well to say, mm-hmm. you know, I, the way that you want to be a leader and the way that you want to show up. And I loved how you said I was, I was busy doing, well, you're not human doing, you're a human being. So let's figure out how we want to be. Yeah. Um, and if you can come at things with an open heart an open mind and engage your gut, you'll all of a sudden see new possibilities and choices that weren't mm-hmm. there for you before. Yeah. I think that's oh, a good thing. I want, I want to talk to you about something you said. It was brilliant, brilliant phrase. I made a note of it. My notepad was, um, how you upgraded your operating system. I think that will almost tap into a lot of people listening to this, right? We're all we're all tech geeks at heart, but what what did you mean by that then? Yeah, so you know, the the whole mind and all of your thoughts and behaviors and patterns and we can refer to it as the ego if we want. You really programmed all of your behaviors and thoughts at a younger age, right? So mm-hmm. There wasn't anything else. It, it's it's a product of your environment, your experiences as you grew up. It's a number of things. But at the end of the day, your mind does what you tell it. Mm. And so you programmed your mind and said, I'm all right if I do this, this, and this. And I'm okay if I operate in X, Y, Z way. And and you built these neural pathways and uh, in your brain that said, right, when, we're, when we deal with this situation, this is how we always do it. But you become complacent. We all do. It starts to become autopilot. And then the operating system's running you and you're mm. not consciously overriding it. So most people kind of get to a point where they're like, hold on, I do want to grow. And some of these 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 thoughts and patterns and beliefs I've got, they're old and I've outlived them. I've outgrown them. So I just need an upgrade. And I think part of doing this upgrade is becoming really aware and really conscious of what you're doing, why you're doing it, where you really want to go, which is a big part of coaching, right? So everybody picks Mm -hmm. three coaching goals that they want to work on. And then once you know where you want to go, you just hit that override button and start reprogramming. And it's amazing the neural pathways and how they can, um, you can build new ones. Um, to mm-hmm. replace the old ones. And the, you know where the, the biggest center of neural pathways is? I, I never thought we'd have neural pathways spoken <laughs> on the podcast, so I am not going to be able to answer this question, are they? <laughs> it's the heart. It's right? the heart and the gut. There's more going on there um, than actually in the mind. And when you have an emotion, it's actually your heart that tells your head what you're thinking. Right. So I think in some respects, like when we look at this new operating system, it's starting from the heart and the gut and then reprogramming the mind. Mm. So 
That is absolutely fascinating. I, I wish I'm going to go back and listen to this episode and make notes, right? Because there's there's things that that I'm learning just just recapping and what's interesting is I'm listening to you talking, and there's things that we've done through coaching that are probably you're repositioning some of the things that we spoke about, um, you know, and kind of seeing the complete picture. But I just want to go back to that um, the the ego side of things a little bit, if we can, Parve. So some people mix ego and confidence up, don't they? But where does where does ego come from? Because I think some people have grown up, especially in tech, and see these very enigmatic type personalities, these larger-than-life personalities, A, mistaken for ego, but B, ego is something we can at times admire in people as we're coming through our career, can't we? Because it, it can look confident. It's exciting. Um, is there an overlap between ego and confidence? Is there an overlap between ego and confidence? Um Confidence, if you are truly confident, you are coming from a very sort of safe and secure um, place and you've got a good solid foundation underneath Mm. you, right? So I would say a a lot of the um, motivation and motivating of others and being confident doing that and just doing all the things that we said, you know, talked before about leadership, Mm. that comes from a true inner confidence and just like happiness, right, confidence, it's an inside job. It, it's mm. not external factors, right? It's it's you truly believing that you're confident and operating that way. Ego, however, because you've sort of outlived um some of the some of the stuff that um the ego was kind of programmed for, as we said, your younger years, the ego sometimes is responsible for some of the negative emotions. And that's where I would kind of say you can tell the difference because you can say when you question it, and you only need to ask one simple question to that situation of, is it true? Mm. Your ego might start telling you a few fibs of, well, this is the way we've always done it. And, oh, but if we don't do it this way, this could go wrong. And and, it, and you start to see it for what it is, which is a little bit of a negative thought pattern that you want to kind of interrupt and say, hold on, I'm not buying this. I'm going to call it. Whereas, you know, if you're operating from a point of confidence, um, which confidence kind of is more in the gut. Mm. Um, you can you can rely on that to be your your true north star. Yeah, yeah. And there's a reason I asked that question, Pavi, is that some of the very best pre-sales people I've met fall into one or two camps. The the virgin on that kind of you know extreme showmanship is a big storytelling, is a big quality. But also, I've met a lot that are real introverts, and actually, because they're very technically competent and almost fell into sales, right and Sometimes the introvert, you know, getting their voice heard and and um, the confidence that comes with that to project, that's quite an interesting side, isn't it, as well? Yeah, and it comes up a lot. I would say in the people that I'm coaching right now, confidence um, comes up more than any other leadership trait that people want to work on. Right, okay. And part of it is, it's not just confidence, it's they're not comfortable with some of the new situations um, that they're being put in, and that's a growth moment. Right. And so it's about being comfortable and familiar with them, and that's when you can do some practicing with a coach. And then when you've got to do it in the real world, all of a sudden it is more familiar and comfortable, and therefore you are confident. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, Parve, I could 
sit and chat to you all day and we do regularly <laughs> right um but no i think we you know we kind of round out with normally some calls to action takeaways so i'll just i'll kind of lead and i'll come to you in a second if i may but the first thing yeah. i'll do is um suggest you connect with with parve the second thing i'm going to ask you to probably do as you sit this just really sit and think if you if you're walking your dog right now if you're sat on your bike whatever you're doing right now have a little think about how coachable you are and when the last time you really looked at yourself and I, you know take that from someone who's done this okay i sat and had to get very uncomfortable so that i could almost give myself a springboard for the next chapter in 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 my career and i had to look at myself and assess myself and that's a very hard thing to do by by yourself um but really think about how coachable am i when was the last time i really um developed myself and i don't mean my knowledge i mean myself as a as a person um and I love what you said about being a human being, not a human doing, um, you know, and upgrading your operating system and all that. So they would be my takeaways is just look at when did you last really upgrade your operating system. So Parve, any kind of hints and tips from you? Yeah, the, the only thing I would say is, you know, it, if you are interested in coaching and doing the work and you're open to it, um, you know, really come from a place of what is it that I want to be? What is the leader that I want to be? What do I think that's holding me back? And I think essentially, Adam, what we all want to do, you know, work or non-work, is figure out what if we could do life with more ease, enjoy yeah. the ride and like go with the flow. Like how yeah. much easier would everything be there? Oh, that would just be bliss, wouldn't it? So, um Parve, thank you so, so, so much for joining us. Um, thank you so much for listening to us again. We'll be back uh, in the next couple of weeks with another episode. But once again, reach out. Any comments, if you want to come join us on the show, any comments you've got or feedback you've got for us, let us know. But with that, we'll say have a great end to your week and we will see you soon. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Two Pre-Sales in a Pod. We'd love to hear from you on LinkedIn.